You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey everybody, welcome to Enemy of My Enemy. I'm Hody Johns. I'm joined by Brian. And uh, today we're going to be talking about libertarian exceptions. Uh, times when you're like a hardcore libertarian, but then you're like, mm, maybe a little government's okay. Maybe temporary government's okay. Maybe a little bit of a transition is okay. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of audience participation, I hope, in this one. So if you've got a libertarian exception, please let us know. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it in the hour we have here. Um, I'll go ahead and start with mine. At the moment, I don't know that I have any. As many of you know, I am an anarchist. That being said, do I have a priority list? Of course I do. Things that are really irritating versus things that are only slightly irritating. Are there things that are lower down on the list at the, than the others? Um, I'm not really a sequentialist. I know some people are like, well, we can't, you know, end the drug war until we get rid of, you know, paying, you know, Medicare and paying for people's, you know, if they overdose. And then we can't get rid of the borders until we get rid of welfare. And I'm not really a sequentialist. So I am okay with getting rid of most everything that you would uh, ascribe to a government. That being said, I can see how government, I don't believe that they will, but I can see how government can make a transition to liberty in a good way. I think there is certainly an order of operations in some cases like your neighbor's welfare check versus the massive subsidies they give out to agriculture. That being said, I'd like to be rid of both of them. Um, so that is my thing. Here's, and, and I will say this in my defense and why I don't have many exceptions. Because when you allow the government to do something, I said this before, they do it on their terms, not the terms that you want. And so that is my general philosophy with it, my general idea of it, and why I don't have uh, many slash any exceptions for it right now. Um, has government ever been used responsibly? Perhaps. Um, but there's some temporary measures that once they're Brian's got a few, I guess, but there's some temporary measures that once they get enacted for a right thing, they then find themselves a way to get enacted for a wrong thing. And so even if we say this really worked in this one instance, it was really great. Does it always work out like that? Anyhow, that is my big anarchist rant. And for the rest of the episode, you're going to get to hear a lot of minarchist rants. Uh, Brian, take it away. If you are watching live, by the way, Please participate because I'm going to have to forfeit my turn to the questions and comments. So I'm going to I'm going to need you to kind of carry me a little bit. Otherwise, we're just going to hear a whole ton of Brian talking, and I know nobody wants that. Come on, no, Go. nobody wants that. Dear God, no. Who wants to listen to me talk about sane sane policy choice? No. Um. The the funny thing about this is that everything that we find wrong in government fall falls really simply on we 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 ask too much and then we let them do it for too long i mean if you look at those two things uh we want you to fix education okay well how do you fix education well 
that's kind of a nebulous thing, you know, is how can you fix education? But but that's the demand. You know, we want our schools to be better, blah, blah, blah. And so they become the de facto babysitters. And so they need a lot of money to be a babysitter these days, especially with some of the, you know, some of these kids these <laughs> that are just as crazy as when we were in high school. But anyhow. But we ask them to do too much, but then we don't give them a, okay, stop here, stop here. And after this, we'll have to figure it out by a point. Because if that teat of federal money has no end, there's zero incentive to get off that teat. If anything, you want to suckle that puppy harder and hang on to it for dear life, no matter how much it's bucking around. And that's maybe the first thing we got to look at all of this is that there's a lot of good programs out there. You could say, and, and I know there are anarchists and, and re hardcore real libertarians whose heads are spinning at the moment because I'm saying this, but there are some good programs out there. The Department of Defense, as far as the United States is concerned, you know, trillions of dollars of waste over the years. But I kind of like having the Army and the Navy around to take care of you know our borders and things like that which is another thing borders oh my goodness it's a terrible thing but canada has borders mexico has borders everybody has borders do i think we should be very welcoming to people coming into this country of course we we see the numbers that say that a, a net immigration into a country is a good thing it's when people are leaving like china russia you know, all these other countries, when your population is dwindling and people are leaving, that's the really bad thing. So we want people to come to America, but maybe we want them to stop at the at the at the door and say, hey, could, could you sign right here, please? And just put down and then be a good taxpayer. And we would love you. Have a good day. But of course, I'd love to see the taxes lowered. But hey, that gets me into more fun stuff. I'll get down to the one that always gets libertarians all ruffled up. I'm going to say the R word, roads. <laughs> yes, the government doesn't build the roads. Yes, they hire it out to contractors. Yes, they put all sorts of silly things in place that say we got to check the environmental impact of a toad that somebody saw there 37 years ago. And we're doing it because, you know what, that guy who wants to build the road, who bid on it, pissed off and 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 you know funded the candidate that lost and i won and i want to get back at him and blah 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 yes that sucks that's terrible but let's get down to what roads do and they give us a ways to move around this country without crossing people's private property without the ability to be held back from that Yes, we have rules about driving and getting a driver's license. It's a privilege, not a right. But there's no privilege to being a passenger. There's no privilege to paying somebody to drive your butt from here to there. That they can't stop you from doing short of putting you in jail or at least having some sort of legal proceeding against you. And to say that in an anarchist world that that would be we would be able to preserve that somehow seems like i would have this entire bookshelf filled with with contracts that allow me to go across the various pieces of, pop, of private property between here and there and everything else and it just becomes a legal morass so this really is when you look at it, it's a nice way to go ahead and say hey this road belongs to everybody yeah it has to be taken care of yes it's taken care of poorly we know that <laughs> But why is it taken care of poorly? Is it because it was constructed poorly? Is it because somebody's skimming money off the top? Is it because they just don't have the wherewithal to do it or have too many hands in the pocket to, of the federal teat to, to, to take that cash? The reality is that the road thing is actually a net good when you look at the worldwide. This isn't something that, yes, roads will evolve out of places and things like that. But interstates, things like that. These tend to be net goods for traveling, for, for services and things like that. And the problem isn't the roads. The problem is who's funding the roads. And government isn't terrible at it. And when they're privatized, they actually do a little bit better. But when they get privatized, it's because of a government process. 
And what ends up happening is that government process, of course, turns into graft, which is the biggest problem in government of all is graft. People are little firms are putting consulting or trying to find, well, my cousin's really good at finding that little bug. And I bet you if you hired him for, you know, $190,000 for the next month, he won't find that bug and you can build your road. (laughs) So the problem is not the roads. The problem is not the roads being taken care of. The problem is corruption, which leads to government, which we can talk about in a minute because I've been blathering on here for the last five minutes. No, you're good. I got to open up with a five-minute thing, so you're good. Um, All right, so I guess let's work backwards because that's like a lot of subject first. So we'll go to Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a family member and I'm sure this is, this is not, I rev, this is not like, Oh, can you believe this information? I'm sure this is going to be stuff that everybody's like, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. that was into civil engineering and she worked in a lot of private stuff, got a public mm-hmm. job out in Pennsylvania. And it was the easiest job of her life. Cause they never asked her to do anything. Yep. The workload was 20% of what she could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the feeling of driving by everybody has this feeling. And almost every construction zone that's actually being worked on, first of all, 90% of them are just deserted, which is always irritating for the roads, right? When you're like, so that road is functional. It just has cones all over it because the (laughs) the guys from the night before didn't feel like taking it down. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. It's closed because we have to have the ceremony for all the county commissioners to come out and look what I did. I'm lucky to not run into that one too often. Oh my god! I've gosh, been to it once. Be... And it's like, yeah, it's all closed because we gotta get the photo op. Oh my god! Really? Oh yeah. gosh, that's irritating. Um, yeah. I always think it's funny when they do the ribbon cutting for like ports. Like they snip, and then it's like that's the water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I digress here. Um, you know the the feeling that I was going to talk about is like the twelve people doing nothing to every yep. one person working the eight people like watching a hole just with one guy doing the jackhammering and sometimes yep. you know in fact i'll say half of the time when it's actually being worked on which again we're at like 90 percent not being worked on 10 percent actually being worked on half yep. of that time and you know half of that time only one dude working other half of the time nobody working you're just like you know they're just walking around whatever and i just it's the restaurant manager in me that's like guys this is all money we're wasting here like this is let's go let's get in let's do it and what are the estimates always eight times (laughs) like the estimates are always up an eighth of what it ends up costing right there is road work that has taken literal decades that was promised to take literal months and that is not an exaggeration in fact most people can probably think in their state of some project that's that's doing that right now where they're like that was supposed to be done in a month and they are doing that 10 years later right um it's really not (laughs) obviously not well done as far as the sense of does government provide a sense of you know when you have a bunch of if you were to have a bunch of private companies they'd be like speed limits 80 speed limits, nothing speed limits, 20, you know, it's like the government maybe can give you at least the sense of, Hey, we all have a uniform understanding of what to do on these roads. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I would like to see a market solution to that. There is of course, because of my roads, this is a huge libertarian part of literature and we write about it and explain it. The trouble, and I think as Brian will probably note with this, is many of the explanations are different. So what happens when a guy of one philosophy wants to have the roads work one way and another libertarian of of a different philosophy wants to have the roads work a different way, then you're going to get a little bit of a clash. And I get that. Uh, any now, now that I've thoroughly taken down the roads, Brian, would you like to, I'll, I'll let you build them back up again before this, we, before we this, go to uh, the next one. This sounds like what Dave Smith was saying earlier when he debated that there's no real left libertarians they are all just liberals or whatever it was. Mm. Oops, I said you brought him in. So yes, you've now destroyed me, Hody. I've brought up points that corruption yeah. is the problem. Right. To actually do a decent job. <laughs> but we just need to have really? better oversight, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, you won now. Yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the roads. The funny thing is that I, I I've traveled quite a bit, and and when you see road construction in other countries, it's the same eight or ten people standing around. In some cases, more. Uh, when we were in South Africa, it's literally a jobs project. They literally are 
they even say we're just paying people to do something during the day. So that that's the big thing is that it doesn't change anywhere else in the world. And sometimes, you know, the funny thing is that there are people that are legitimately doing something. You have maybe like somebody who's a safety officer who's sitting there going, look, I got to watch you because you know what? Steve down the road there died last week because he thought he could lick the jackhammer while he was using it. You know, you got you have stupid stuff like that. And there are stupid requirements, you know, uh, well, I've got to be here just in case a frog jumps in the pit, then I got to stop yes. everything and we got to hug the frog and tell him that his feelings are okay. But that's, again, that that's a government injecting stupidity into the process. I think there's a lot of things that you can unwind from what happens in a, in a road project that when you go to like a local, when you go to your local authority, when you go to the state and you look at all the silly requirements and hoops they have to jump through, some of them you go... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We don't want to pollute. If we're going to put a road through here and it's going to cut off this stream, <clears throat> we we should do something about that, either for flood control or because, you know, we don't want to, like, destroy, you know, the stream. The stream's a good thing. Or what's it going to do if we block it? So maybe that's a good thing to study. But, you know, migration paths of waterfowl, probably a little much. But yeah. there's a lot. there's a lot to unwind there. Should we go into the next topic? Of, of what because uh, like i said i have a whole host of i mean i mean yeah. okay so i i, I want to go at least at least have yes. some even brief response point by point yeah. uh so you talked about the department of defense mm -hmm. um i actually did a show back when we were doing the wall dailies talked about how five-star generals and eisenhower and stuff were even like we shouldn't have a department of defense we should not have a standing army. No, I understand. uh i i I like that. I think um, the Department of Defense right now is a Department of Offense. Uh, oh, I yeah. Think very few people will disagree Absolutely. with that assessment. Yeah, no, there's no. So obviously, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to promote like all anarchy is perfect. I prefer it to the state uh, pretty much all of these times. I will right. say this, and I think just because I think saying this now is going to shorten things up for when going forward because i can issue this response to almost everything if you want the anarchist to shut up about it then fix it yeah. if you're a minarchist or any kind yeah. of status or whatever Agreed. so like if you want me to shut up about the roads you cannot be okay with a the these road projects the problems that even brian is talking about you can't yeah. just let it go let it slide so yeah. if you want your government solution you if you're going to steal people's money in order to do it if you're going to take their time if you're going to you know taxation is theft and all that if you're going to respecting that you're already doing that evil then you need to be able to say hey at least i can say i tried my best with the thefted money okay yeah. what was the point after department of defense you mentioned one in between oh borders borders the, that's the borders. one yeah. um yeah the border situation right now is what it looks like when you give government control of borders what does it oh, yeah. start out as it starts out as ellis island which i think most people including myself was would compromise with anarchist yeah. that i am i would accept this as a compromise yes what does it grow to and and i tell you they prey on the hysteria of the public and the xenophobia of the public mm -hmm. in order to keep it as bad as it is uh th this has been yeah. and this is not like a new issue this has been since they've started patrolling the border back in oh we did a whole episode about this what yeah. was it was like the 1920s or something oh yeah because yeah. they were feared the polish right that were the polish the irish no <laughs> the, the irish irish, the the irish coming in <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Irish <laughs> would not apply. I mean, yeah. there's 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 a whole history, not as bad as what black people have gone through in this country. I'm of course not. Asterisk that pretty hard. Or what the Latinx yeah. community is going through right or, now. For or sure. the Chinese or anything else. Yeah. But there were a lot of other communities at that time which were easily marginalized, and now they've been accepted as being, you know, like we had... You know, Chicago, they die of the river green now. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think the Irish have been accepted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the thing is this, the one thing I come into is that borders exist for, you know, obviously this is our land. These are our laws. This is what we have. That's your land. Those are your laws. That's the laws you have. And yes, I would love to see the borders knocked down and we all hold hands and sing Imagine with John Lennon, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I hate that song. Yeah, you really I, know, I hate the guy too, but anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, you wrecked it for me. I've wrecked it. Okay, uh, we are the world. Okay, there you go. We can Thank sit you. there and sing We Are the World. Um, but the <laughs> The, the thing we run into is that other countries have 
as strict, if not more strict, policies. And other countries have populaces who are more vocal um, and, and not very happy with their foreigners coming in. Mexico is the greatest one of all. If you are from Central America and you live in Mexico, you are, no, you're not Mexican. You're not, you you shouldn't be there. You will be treated like garbage. If you're an American now living in Mexico, I don't know if you've seen that recently, but there is a real backlash against Americans living in Mexico City and Acapulco and things like that because they're, quote, ruining the community. This is the quotes that are coming out of Mexico City and parts of Mexico about Americans and American ideals and American behaviors ruining the culture of the people in Mexico City, which kind of is. Wait a minute. I heard this argument. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. So I was in the different shoes in this one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, And the same thing is in China. The same things in. In a number of countries, in the UK and, and everything like that, when when foreign culture comes in, it looks weird and strange. And I'm not saying it is weird and strange. I'm telling you what, what, the, what the locals usually feel. They go, whoa, what is that? And then they open a, a, a shop and serve food that's absolutely delicious. And the entire country goes, oh, my God, these are all wonderful. We love you. Um, but, you know, these are the things that just happen as part of this uh, part of this world. I think we're getting better at the border thing. I mean, it used to be, you know, they'd shoot you. Um, now, you know, the process is almost as bad as being shot. You saw the most recent, I think there was a um, a, a poll that came out and said um, what people thought the average timeline was for a sibling. If someone was in the U.S. legally and the sibling came in, wanted to come in and what the average time was, and people thought that a year was a good time frame to yeah, within a year, if the siblings here, yeah, they should be able to come over. And the real time frame is fifteen, and only one percent thought what fifteen years was a good idea. So we've got a real big disconnect between what our immigration policy is and what people want. And well, the vast majority of people want people to. We come talked in about this when the yeah. shipping route was backed up, and it yeah. was a perfect job for immigrants. And we just turned away. A, remember that it was the refugees. Yeah. Yeah. that we turned away. And we were just like, oh my gosh, you guys, we need help unloading stuff. Minimal training. Come, please. Yeah, like, yeah, please come work it. It was the dumbest well, thing ever. So you're right. Like, yeah. There's a disconnect with what we, how we're conducting our immigration policy versus how we should be doing it. Right. Um, and, go ahead. Yeah. The, well, the last piece, I, let me just get one last ahead, piece here on this, is that there is, I think, value in, in finding that we, we still have borders. We still want to go ahead and at least have you check it at the door. I shouldn't have uh, let you are, know. Are you, no, no. It yeah, was, that I, was my, I, my mistake, I, audience. I shouldn't have let okay. you get that extra word in. You're getting that extra word in because I, I think that if you've had a, uh, a, a major felony, you know what? Because like, like I've killed 97 people. My country doesn't want me here. And boy, you Americans look big, fat, and tasty. Um, you know, I probably want that guy to go, Hey, come here for a minute. Let's, let's, let's talk about this before you come <laughs> in the door. But I, that's, that's the extreme rare case. But I do think that people that want to come in, they want to come here, they want to work. And we probably, even though the anarchist in you cringes at this, we probably want them paying taxes. Um, but that, you know, we're, you and I are paying taxes. It's kind of fair what they do with the tax money. We can definitely fight and, and get into, but you think about that. About the I don't money want churches paying in. taxes. I don't want churches. That's well, not fair, but I don't want to do I don't want nonprofits paying taxes. But the, the thing is this, and I'm not saying it's not fair and things like that, but if you're not paying taxes, you're not being held to minimum wage. You're not being held to employment standards. You know, And I've seen this, and you've worked in restaurants. So mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen where the restaurant industry – really abuses the hell out of people that are undocumented. Oh and my goodness. Yes, they do. And if they had to pay taxes, they probably get some protections to be able to say, Hey, now I don't have to worry about being thrown out of here. But on top of it, I might have some employment protections where that guy suddenly goes, you know what? We don't want you. You know what? You're a jerk. And I don't feel like paying you this month. And what are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah. That, that's the, that's the problems I have. All right. Uh, I feel you. At least you come from a good place. Uh, all right. We are going to take a brief break here real quick while Brian uh, 
get, get ready. We're going to rapid fire the rest of his. And if you are listening right now, I see we got a ton of viewers. Appreciate all the participation in the comments. If you feel you have an exception, let me know. We'll talk about it. I, I We've got one, and we'll be sure to hit it. So hang with us through the break. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody, enemy, my enemy. Uh, we are talking about stuff that, like, this This is the worst episode for me ever because this is li- exceptions to libertarianism, of which there should be none. But um, let's, before, Brian, before we get to yours, let me get one we get in the comments yep. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one subject I'd say is welfare for those who can't work or can't find employment. Mm-hmm. Um, this I, is, so here is the deal with this. Again, my, my in fact, I'll, I've already said it. The issue is when you let government do it, they're going to do it government style. It's going to suck. <laughs> Whenever the government gives welfare out, they always manage to lose a ton of it. And somehow people richer than you tend to end up with more than you. Which means if you're on welfare, you're actually falling behind further than when you would if there was nothing done at all. Again, that's government doing it. I do want people taken care of. I am not completely inconsiderate. I would certainly target the bad stuff before the, I'm, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm disabled. Yeah. I got PTSD. I just, I need some help right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I do feel, especially as a libertarian, right? Uh, Every life has intrinsic value. Um, and we should, even if they are disabled, we learn lessons from that. You know, even if it's I'm disabled for the rest of my life and I'm never going to be on my feet. Um, I would love to see markets take care of this. Uh, as a Christian, I can tell you this. Churches, you need to be forefront of this. If you have a member of your flock, this is where you put up or shut up. And you yeah. really need to be taking care of the people in your congregation that needs some help. Uh, some churches actually do a very good job. So that's not a condemnation of all churches. Um, they will actually take care of you before you go on unemployment, without unemployment. They don't want you to go on unemployment. They want to take care of you. That's a great example, but there needs to be more of that. Brian, go ahead. Um, my my Actually, my point is really simple, and I was actually discussing this this weekend. And it's about the people that are surprised about the school lunch program. Now we think about the school lunch program. Okay, a kid that can't afford school lunch comes there and gets a gets a healthy meal, and that's that's I think mostly acceptable. Except the program's expanded pre-COVID, and then especially through COVID, the program expanded to not only lunch but breakfast, but then everybody could come in and get a free meal. And you think about that for a second. I just want to think about this for a second. All right, they're going to make a meal. It's going to be there whether I'm there or not, and I'm going to be the one that gets to enjoy it whether I need it or not. It's offered all the time through the summer in our school district. There's grants that all the schools are getting, and they are preparing food. So the question is this. Who shows up for that? Is it the people that need it? Probably some of the time. Yeah, they're going to show up. Or the people are going to go, hey, you want a free lunch? Because, you know, of course, we all know Tanstoffel, there's no such thing as a free lunch. But you're creating the wrong incentive structure. Instead of, wow, there's nothing, we don't have anything. We, have, you know, dad lost his job. He was, you know, caught chasing chickens at the factory and they fired him and we had nothing to eat. And boy, we need something to eat. That That's great. Um, but uh, independence and charity, yeah. Uh, what, what be vegan now? Yes, I, I'm in agreement. I would love to see charity step up. And a lot of times charity does step up. But the problem we run into is programs have to be funded. That's just reality. We have money. They have to be funded. And funding those programs, especially somebody who's got a lifetime of going to need assistance, is very tough to do. It's it, And it gets more expensive as time goes along. Thank you, inflation. Thank you. Democrats and Republicans for printing all that money the last couple of years. There should be better programs in the charity systems to be able to help this, but there aren't. There just aren't. There's not a good program that can fund someone being in a facility uh, that they need to be in. Uh, Kids with significant disabilities um, that can't be able to, uh, can't be funded any other way. It's just reality. But I think what we can do and especially when you think of all the people, then we all know somebody who's on welfare, who's 
not doing a damn thing, not taking care of everything, just sitting there going, I'm getting my food stamps, and I get my welfare money, and my, I don't have to do anything, or I'll just go have another kid and get more money. I, my solution has always been, to be fair, is to give that person a tax credit along with everybody else. Uh, congratulations. You consumed oxygen this year. You get to write off $50,000 of your income for every year. And if you get a if you get a credit back on it, congrats, you get a credit. If you made no income, you get essentially $50,000 of income wiped out, whatever the tax would be on that, you get a check for it. But that's it. That's what you get. Government's really good at breaking your legs and giving you a crutch as the as the saving goes as the crutch goes. Crutch, no, crutch. They get, yeah, they, they make cast, you right? wait for it. They give you a they give you a band aid, a Tylenol, and then <laughs> bill about six months later, saying you forgot to turn in, and now you're being audited. Oh, so they're not even good at that. Anyway, the saying goes that they're good at breaking your legs and giving you a crutch. Um, and I find that welfare is kind of one of those things. You most of these folks have been busted. In one way or another, where it, whether it's licensing uh, permits, I, I mean, we're talking growing own food, you know, doing things that that would make their life much easier to afford. And we forbid them from doing those things and then shame them when they need assistance because the things that would have helped them climb out of poverty, we forbid them from doing. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of <laughs> we when you look at welfare. You're, you're looking at only a solution. Uh, you're not looking at the problem. Welfare is not there. The problem has already occurred when you're looking at welfare. So, you know, I think libertarians especially, you know, if you want to be talk about minimizing welfare, let's talk about the other things that government does that breaks your legs. Um, I think libertarians, especially this is kind of brutalism, right? Libertarians come off as particularly cruel when we talk about taking away people's crutches without talking about all the ways that their legs got broken. And, you know, if libertarians, you want to be better, you got to say, we're going to have less broken legs. And then the broken legs that we do get, we're going to actually genuinely heal as opposed to, you know, tossing you a crutch. Um, I didn't mean to de derail you there. I think we got back into the school, uh, school lunches. Uh, I got a fun one for you next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hit, hit me with the next one. Ag subsidies. Oh, I, I really hate those. So actually, this of all the ones you've listed so far, this may be the one I'm I dislike the most. But right. let's let's yeah. okay. Let's talk about it here. So one thing that's been going on in Europe and in a host of other countries, have uh, you seen? Have been the Dutch farmers' protests has been going on for the past few weeks. Uh, they are protesting the EU's requirements that they cut their fertilizer usage by thirty percent. Now, this isn't 30% over the next 10 years, 20 years. No, they're actively buying out farms and are going to shut down a number of Dutch farms and families who have owned these farms for generations so that they can meet some sort of goal on, on fertilizer runoff. Now, this seems a little crazy because, number one, the, the the Dutch have some very good soil to grow food in, and they are a net food exporter. Food is kind of important for society. Three days, no food, and the government usually falls. So the, the, the question is, why all of a sudden would we want to be so interested in cutting back growth of, you know, these type of things? I'm not trying to get into, like, evil bill gates cabal evilness here but it seems like one of the core competencies of any country should literally being feeding your own population somehow and 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 if you can feed everyone else at the same time that's great but you should also be working to feed yourself now unfortunately the incentive structure in the united states is set up poorly the incentive structure that says we need to keep that as a core competency is really poor. <laughs> I am not going to argue that the stuff for farm subsidies and things like that is set up to keep us where we can feed ourselves. It's geared towards corporate farms. It's geared towards the Bill Gates's. Yes, Bill owns a lot of farmland. Now it's geared towards the Chinese. Yes, the Chinese actually own some farmland in the U.S. It's geared to all of those firms and not Fred the farmer down the road. 
And when you don't incent those programs to Fred the Farmer down the road, what ends up happening? Fred the Farmer goes out of business and sells it to a megacorp who then has all the lawyers that can navigate the systems and be able to go ahead and take advantage of all the subsidies possible. So, again, this isn't something where the whole thing is bad. You know, uh, child diddling. We know that's all bad. There's never a good in that. But having a core farming infrastructure that says, you know what, some of your costs might be below, you know, food prices. We like keeping food prices low. We don't want it to be at a point where it's ten gallon, ten dollars for a gallon of milk, and you know, and I know drinking milk, etc. Okay, but we don't want ten dollar a pound roast or ground beef. We don't want those things. We're, we may see them in the next couple of years. Thank you all for all the government printing all that money. But we don't want those things, and maybe we do want to invest some subsidies to be able to help keep these farms open because there is a point where. If they're not making enough money, those farms shut down. And if nobody picks it up, that field sits for five, ten years. And when you get a crisis, let's say you get like floods in the upper Midwest or something like that. All of a sudden, you're going, wait, we can't feed anybody. Take a look what happened in Ukraine. Not saying that Ukraine's going to happen in North Dakota next month. Um, and, although I don't trust the shifty Canadians. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it in there. Um, but look what's happening in, in the Ukraine and look what's happening with Northern Africa. The Ukraine and Russia were the primary parties that fed Northern Africa, Lebanon and all that. This little war has stopped that. Those countries can't grow their own food. They can't grow enough food to feed themselves. What ends up happening, though, is that now those countries, because they've depended on foreign countries to feed them for years, are all of a sudden not getting fed. What do we talk about three days and you you're generally going to lose the three days, no food. You're going to lose the government. We're going to see a lot of revolutions in Egypt, uh, Libya, Lebanon, all these other countries, which have been perennial hotspots. If you recall back in the eighties and seventies are going to be lighting up again because nobody's getting fed. All right. So the department of agriculture is probably one of the most, uh corrupt, corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh i'm not uh, doubting it. i yeah, i agree 100 there mm -hmm. uh when we talk and, and brian mentioned them subsidizing i believe it's something like over half i linked a video to the cato institute breaking down the department of agriculture yeah. and something like over half goes to farms that have two last names turner and rockefeller yep so there are massive i mean when we talk about oh they're giving it to the people bigger than you yeah, like a lot bigger. They're giving it to the people who are doing the best and are the most successful. So yeah. when you hear about that one farmer, and, and this is the way they get you, you'll hear about that one farmer who's like, man, I need my you know, $20,000 subsidy to, to keep this, this thing going. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> the, that's because the people you compete with are getting billions. <laughs> I mean, $30 billion. Get this, the $30 billion, more than 90% of that goes into doing five crops, corn, cotton, rice, soybeans, and wheat. You didn't hear a lot of health food there, and you won't hear a lot of health food there nope. because we're not subsidizing it. Here's the thing. Some of that, we are very good at growing. A lot of wheat land here, a lot of corn land here, and especially corn in the United States. Totally get that. Um, you're not going to hear potatoes, and you're not going to hear uh um oranges and you're not gonna hear grapes and all three of those has have areas in this country which are like the best in the world ish arguable especially on the great part i know people yeah. but that valley's pretty good all right uh, <laughs> but we have some that are considered by some to be the best in the world at growing there and what will happen is you'll have somebody level their orange orchard in florida and put up cotton or rice because right. You get a subsidy for that and not for the other thing. Right. Um, it's it's right. literally wasting money if they don't. Right. Then what do they do? <laughs> they go and uh, agricultural, I mean, Department of Agriculture puts in these trade barriers that are like, we don't want you importing milk or sugar, even though we haven't subsidized it. So mm -hmm. we've got all these barriers that makes it more and more expensive. So what we have is we can't ship it in because that makes it, because that would be cheaper. But then we also can't do it here 
as cheap because it's not subsidized. So right. it just drives up the cost of that um, like milk, sugar, uh, and all those all the things associated with that. I'm going with it. I'm a big barbecue enthusiast, as many of you know, and I'm going through it hard with beef, pork, and chicken right now are in a really bad place. They're um, getting better, I will tell you. I've seen big sales come through. Actually, they got 279 at the grocery the, right here. And, and some of it, and just as a brief aside, the avian flu is going on right now. So that's yeah. some of that is not gov- government did it. But yep. either way. Oh, wait, no, we got it. It's going to be big, you, big government. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If If we had more of this then a an outbreak would not be as impactful because there are so few of these places. And you may see we have to cram them into these small little areas because not subsidized, so not as valuable, so therefore can't dedicate the resources to it. It can be more impactful. So government didn't create the avian flu. I'm sorry to all my tinfoil hat wearing friends out there. I need uh, to have a tinfoil hat yeah. I can put on. <laughs> but you it, <laughs> it certainly didn't help in the events leading up to it. Um, The majority of the subsidies from the budget do actually go towards food stamps and school lunch programs. Uh, As you mentioned, those can be argued. We do wish, of course, that they would run them better. They don't. But, of course, can those potentially be a good thing? Yeah, I don't want people starving to death, especially when you look at a country. And here's something that I want you anarchists like me to think about, is we have a country that is produces more food than we have mouths. We know it. How do we get it there with the free market? There's a way, but I think you got to explain that better. It's not just as simple of we have the food, therefore I'm sure it will get to where it's needed. We need to talk about it. There's actually some really, and this is why I really hate the Department of Agriculture. I think there actually is a very kind of simple free market yeah. solution to this into getting those uh the food in mouths it does involve disintegrating more than just the department of agriculture itself but because we're looking at things uh, nothing's in a vacuum right the nature of government is it wants everything integrated so it's got to have its tentacles everywhere so it's not just cutting this i would also have to cut a few other things especially especially with how business waste management works that's a whole separate thing but Anyhow, just reinforcing my point, the Forest Service is also part of the Dep- Department of Agriculture. Well, they do it just side yeah. by side, private versus public parks. There's absolutely no comparison. You can measure it by litter. You can measure it by expense to visit. Absolutely right. no conspiracy, co- comparison. The other issue is the Forest Service um, regulates areas that are not populated yeah. even by people who visit. Right. So no, you'll have it's... you'll have. $10 billion to look over this area. And this area has one dude in a shack and absolutely no roads going through it. And 10 billion is an exaggeration, but they have millions of dollars going towards areas that do not really require any effort at all. No, I understand. And, and the thing is this, that's that it's terrible policy coming from Washington, which means that those terrible policies are usually laden with, uh, kickbacks to various groups. Uh, the one that comes to mind is actually kind of funny. Um, you remember the bridge to nowhere in Alaska? Um, this this summer or this spring, I got to see where it was going to go to. And when you actually talk to the people, they go, yeah, it was kind of silly, but we are running out of space here. And boy, that place would be nice to have a bridge to in a, in a few years, you know, because people are going to want to live there because we have no space here. And you kind of go, Okay, that might have actually been a decent investment. It was just phrased wrong. (laughs) Well, and and they do these things at the wrong time. They decide to stick their little earmark in bills that don't. I mean, look at the Inflation Reaction Act. Earmark to heck. I'm still counting them up. This, I I am curious to see if the earmarks actually end up totaling more than what the bill is, even by their estimates, said to save. Yeah. because oh, they yeah. didn't include, and I noticed in their little summary, they didn't include the $5 billion for the drought. And I was like, no. that's not inconsequential. When you say it's, when the whole bill is $128 billion that reportedly you're going to save the taxpayers or whatever towards the deficit. Yeah. $5 billion is not 
inconsequential. So I go from 128 to 123. What else is in there? I'm still counting them. It may total more than 128 billion. We will see. Um, Brian, give me me some more. We only have a few minutes, but maybe you can rapid fire and I'll try, I'll try to deliver my snazziest one liner. Sure. Sure. Mental health care. Now this one I'm fuzzy on, but, but we'll go there. I'm going to talk right here real quick. Um, Anyone who's ever been through therapy, mental health care, uh, number one, most insurance barely covers it if you're lucky. Uh, if you have good insurance, then you're still paying for it. And if you don't have insurance, uh, you're probably going to be screwed. Now, are there free market alternatives out there that should step up? Absolutely. What gets in the way of that? <clears throat> it's a very long word, begins with a G, ends with a T. Um the ban mandatory treatment. Is that for the tinfoil hat? Because I'm fully putting on the tinfoil hat voluntarily. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that there are, um, these are the things that where you have people that are legitimately uh, needing help. Let's talk about drug abuse. I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, people that want to get help. And we know that a lot of times that fails. It, it's not something that, you know, hey, I need help. I need to stop, you know, taking, I need to stop snorting alligators or whatever I'm doing. I'm um, interject real quick, just because yeah. this is the best way I've heard. It's, it's, um, if you struggled like to keep off weight, that's actually keeping off weight is actually apparently just statistically speaking, stay like getting in shape and staying in shape is you're more likely to do that than get off of drugs. So, or well, no, you are le- I'm sorry, less likely. Tubby sorry, you're less see. likely to do that than get off of drugs. So it's mm-hmm. it's I think that, that oh, for me is a good analogy when even if you haven't, because I balloon all the time and I admit yeah. I haven't. It's just it depends I, on when you catch me. I got up mm-hmm. to 250, I'm down to 235 now. I'm still you. yeah. Well I, I'm, I, I'm I'll be from... down to 200 by the time I'm done. It's just I can't stay at a good place. So I totally get what it's like when people say I messed up again. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. Yeah, and and, and I, one thing I will say about that is when people mock people for not gaining weight, losing weight, whatever, things like that. I have a question for you. If you were a heroin addict and you walked into the grocery store and you're checking out and right there above the M&Ms is heroin on sale, 49 cents a pound. You know, buy two pounds, get a pound free. What are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to sit there and go, wait a minute. It's right there. It's calling my name and it's on sale. <laughs> so it, it, for people to mock them and say, oh, you just don't have the willpower and stuff like that. Anyhow, um, <laughs> sorry, I'll give them the two finger salute. I get that's one of my pet peeves. So um, but uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Mental health. The, the big thing we want we run into is that we don't want the people being put away in jail for smoking a plant, snorting a plant, whatever, things like that. We, we want them to get help. So the problem is government, you know, when, when, when everyone looks like a nail, we've got this big hammer, we're going to use it. The problem is that these people need help. And if you look at the cost of treatment, treatment is not cheap. And it's not that, well, it's just so expensive because the government forces them to. No, you, you've got a lot of people that, that they have to be involved programs got to feed them. You got to put them someplace. Um, that's how most impatient works. And so that's kind of a fuzzy area of like, all right, who's going to pay for this? Yes. We would love to say charity's going to step up and take care of this. They're not, <laughs> there are maybe some individual cases and GoFundMes and stuff like that. But as someone who has seen someone go through this program, the only way they could afford it, the only way, anyone could afford it was with the government saying we're going to pay for this through Medicaid. And that's the only way that that got, that person got, got help. Now you can say that's terrible and, you know, statist and how dare you, but there were no other options. The only other options were, were jail or that person not being consuming oxygen much longer. So I, I would love to find a better solution, but as, charity is not really stepping up to do that in a lot of cases. As many of you know, I uh, I am working on establishing um, something for libertarians and their allies to get mental wellness. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I took a month off in order to try and create it, and I was not able to create it by the end of the month. Uh, the phone calls, the red tape you've got to cut through is absolutely out of control. You are not allowed to deliver. I mean, it's state by state. And so if you're licensed in Florida, you're not. And, and yeah, you're some not states state. allow it and some states don't. But that's part of the trickiness is being like, well, if I plan on doing this charity, I want somebody from Bangladesh who's a libertarian to say, hey, I'd like some mental help. And I just want to be able to like, here's the person to call, right? So licensing is a huge problem in this one. Um, it is so such a complicated web. I do have the contacts I need. I just need to, um, I need another month, fr frankly. And maybe even then, uh, I, will, maybe know, even then I won't be done. We'll see. But, and, and I will say this and I have, whatever. Um, yeah. It's with people that are willing to break the law to give you mental health. <laughs> so uh, to, which, it's- Which it sounds is, bad. But, it sounds bad. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, they are professionals. They are licensed. They won't, <clears throat> any reference from me will not be referred to as mental health therapy. It'll be like sports rehabilitation or something that you are allowed to uh, do. And so I found a group and I will not say who uh, because of this, but that is uh, full of that. The other issue, and one of the reasons it's expensive, is especially with mental health therapy, there are so many different factors to consider in mental health. It's not, I'm a mental health therapist, I can treat anybody. To get a specialization takes years to say, at, at least. And so to say, I'm good at dealing with ADHD, I'm good at dealing with pediatrics and then and then there's the the intersections right i have a child who has adhd so you need somebody that understands pediatrics and understands adhd in order to deal with that and then the final component you have to be able to mesh with them you know people there's a lot of therapists you just don't vibe with the reason i started this journey was because i was so sick of calling these helplines when i was going through it and it's been a decade uh, over that since I've been in a really dark place. But I just remember the ability to get good help was non-existent. The government help that comes for free is terrible. They will say, are you going to kill yourself? You say no, but it's just the pain is overwhelming. And they'll be like, okay, well, you should probably see your doctor. And that's it. And then you get to the, the private, you know, groups and it's like, yeah, a few thousand dollars here and there should, should clear you right up. And, people in these situations don't have thousands of dollars lying around. If you are not living to paycheck to paycheck in this country, you are in a minority. And so when something even comes up, that's just, Oh, a hundred dollars here and there. That's, that's absolutely not affordable for many people, especially right now. Um, so yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, I know that was more than a one liner, but because I've dealt with it myself and because I'm working on this, I just, had a few extra things to say. Carry on, Brian. What's your next thing? We're running out of time here. We are. We are running low here. You want to list here. them all? List them all? Let's Just see. Roads, health care, borders, defense, ag subsidies. We kind of covered all that. Okay. Uh, but we never got into where your fuzzy line is, I don't think. Your I fuzzy. Any other fuzzy? I don't. I mean, I, I'm going full status here, so that's the problem. Right. But. But, I don't. Um, I don't really have them, um, and and well, I tried to kind of say that at the yeah. beginning of the show, just because it's like, I I, uh, I don't think that there's anything that the, I think the free market. I don't have an immediate solution on everything. Mm -hmm. I think there's the some stuff that will be growing pains until we get to that solution, and then the other thing is I do think that much like and and you know what I will even put this on the same level because I don't want to talk down to just all the statists listening, right? Mm -hmm. That, that what, when you say, well, it's just as simple for me to fix the government and make them do it the right way. And I say, that's impossible. Mm. You know, they, they, there's not a good track record for doing that. No, my goal, is, track record, my goal is to fix the culture. And mm -hmm. that's also very difficult to do. Not yeah. impossible, but very difficult. It's not as simple as just saying, oh, sure, I'll just change the culture. I am one man working in Ogden, Utah, and we've had a we've had cultural gains, 
but this is hardly national and this is hard and ogden utah is still hardly libertarian right like this is still something that is like it is slow and i am just i have to be reminded that this is something i mean christ died when the church was in obscurity setting that up setting him up so that future generations would be able to carry it to the next stage and this is something that with my solution as much as i'd and this is the advantage of politics take care of this right now okay it's going to take a lot of force it's going to be very imperfect there's a lot of people that are going to die as a result of this but i can do something right now versus my solutions which take innovation they take you know and and sometimes you, you're kind of waiting on tech and hoping on tech and that's hard that's a hard sell for people right yeah. because technology is one of those things that i can count on it growing and making our lives better, especially without government and especially in a market society as it eliminates jobs that we don't like, but it's not predictable, right? I can't just know it's going to happen. If a solution to cancer comes up next year or in 800 years, I can't tell you which one it will be, you know, what a cure to cancer would actually look like. Um, and so I, I can't know. All I can say is please get out of the way of the people who want to cure cancer. And I believe that that can at least help alleviate this problem. Um, there's And there's a lot of these government solutions that I will grant, I guess, since I'm in, in admission mode here, that came about because of free market mistakes and inadequacies. And I think what a lot of libertarians get in the mistake of is justifying what the free market was doing at that time. I think it's fair to say we needed to work that out. It needed to be better. But there's a lot of people who justify like the snake oil salesman. And it's like, no, don't no, That dude sucked. Like, it's like that dude was not on your side. He was taking advantage of people who didn't know. And if you're going to say, well, I guess the solution is just everybody knows better. That's not happening. No. <laughs> that's no. not happening. Everybody doesn't just know better magically. That's not something that just happens. We, we need to be a way to identify bad actors and say, you know, if you're going to participate in this system, I don't want you to be doing this. And even if it's not a law, we need a method of identification and, and not, I'm not talking about government. And I understand the, the, when I, you hear identification, you think like a card. What I'm talking about is a way for you as a person to see that person's a bad person. This is a bad product. This is what's going on. And, and it needs to be well advertised. Cause even though there, I mean, there's always, you know, this will kill you, but it's in small print or this will kill you. But it was in the <laughs> middle of that 800 page contract. Look, the free market, there are bad people that will do this, right? Let's not just say everybody, nobody's going to stop doing that 800 contract, uh, 800 page contract thing or small print thing. No, that's it, as long as there are bad people and there's a free market, a free market means bad people participating in your free market because it's free and it's not restricted. It is not a good market. It is a free market. This might sound like I don't believe in the free market. I absolutely do. I am just saying that there are these imperfections which either need to evolve so that we change them, you know, or that they need a solution that's on the table right now that we can think of that's an alternative to the government solution. And I don't know what it is in every single case. Mm -hmm. I think the beauty of the free market is that it often doesn't look like the way we think it will because there's a better solution. Who would have thought that streaming services as an alternative to cable would have been a viable thing 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I know as a kid, that thought would, would petrify people. But now I'm like, oh, now I can actually get the stuff that I want. Oh, this is better. Oh, this is, I like this, right? Yep. Who would have thought, you know, a Spotify monthly subscription would be better than buying each individual song for 99 cents or, you know, or, you know, you well, don't know. Until, I didn't know. Until Spotify shuts down, then all of a sudden you're And going, then we're in trouble, right? Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> they but, go through this with, yeah. uh, you know, of course, me being in the gaming industry, uh, hard copies of games. People are like, oh, you're waiting on your hard copy. Ha, ha, ha. And then somebody will stop service on the and shut down the servers for your electronic copy and everybody's yeah. got the hard copy just waves it in your face and you're like yeah. all right you win well everybody thanks so much for tuning into this episode I, I i think we got to quite a bit here especially some of the biggies uh brian i appreciate you bringing your status self and being willing to share 
I'm kind of glad, glad it was just that, you and me because I think you had the most of everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad that I was right and that I've you know proven you wrong tonight, Hody. So <laughs> I apologize ahead of you, time. If you do need some therapy, you know I have some friends. We can go ahead and set that up for you. I'm crushed. But 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 but, but it will be under the guise uh, of sports medicine. Okay. So <laughs> thank you. Be ready. <laughs> um, you know what? I I will. I tell you what. You won. Just as soon as all the politicians actually start running these things right. Oh, I'll yeah. Admit, no. I'll admit okay, it all. So I've, yeah, I'll so confess it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I was destroyed. <laughs> I'll admit it. Uh, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Stay safe. We love you. Have a good one. And goodbye, everyone.